The strong wind was howling and whistling. He was the first Chinese citizen to graduate from Yale University in the mid-19th century. I was born on the 17th of November. She had prominent features. Three of us were old enough to lend a helping hand. He navigated between two vastly different cultures and moved further to realize his dream and promote understanding between the people of China and the United States. Ye Mingxing was a native of Hanyang. I realized no danger. China is really awakening. Come and join us in discovering the incredible journey of Yong Wang in his autobiography, My Life in China and America. Check out the audible stories on radio.cgtn.com and all major podcast platforms. Just search for the podcast Books and Beyond and find My Life in China and America. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you from Beijing. I'm He Yang. Good as always to have you join us. When it comes to how you handle your money, are you a big saver or spender? What factors shape our money personality? And also, does your money philosophy ever change during the course of life? We'll try to answer all those questions, and we share with you what's made us happy this week in Roundtable's Happy Place. For today's program, I'm joined by Yu Shun in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. First on today's show, we each possess a different. Money personality, reflecting our financial education or the lack of beliefs and actions. One part of it is our identity as a spender or saver. Like many things in life, when it comes to being a spender or a saver, there's often said. To be a spectrum or scale on which we all sit. Despite this, research has shown that most of us readily identify as predominantly one or the other. Yushun and Josh, you see this coming, right? Are you a spender or a saver? Which one are you? I would say I enjoy saving, but I wouldn't say I'm a, that kind of a saver, you know, because it sounds a little bit extreme when you are. Classifying yourself into two categories, but I indeed enjoy saving because that kind of you know enjoyment of seeing the number going up in your <laughs> bank account just you know、uh, beyond enjoyable. It is a bliss. I can sense it from your voice. What about you, Josh? We don't need to get too personal. You know, just share as much as you、mm. want. Sure.、Um, well. I definitely like seeing my bank account balance go up as well, <laughs> but I think that I'm more of a spender, to be honest. But I think that although I'm a spender, as I get older, I'm starting to save more, and I think it's because I just have less things that I want to buy.、Mm. I just can't really think of many things that I want to buy. I think、mm. the only thing I really want to buy these days are new microphones.、Um, <laughs> and there's only. I'm, really, and there's only so many microphones that one can have, and I think I've nearly got them all. So,、uh, so you're、yeah. a collector. So, so I'm I'm a saver by by default at this point. In a way, okay. This is I hate to go by gender roles, and I don't think it should be, but I. But correct me, I'm definitely wrong in this one. So guys, just correct me, okay? I just feel like for women, there's just so much more stuff that is 
catering to our attention. And it's like really difficult to fend off those attractions. It's like everywhere. I don't know if men feel the same. I mean, just to give you an example, like fashion. Unless you're like a super fashionista guy, then there isn't really all that much to shop for. You know, there isn't, there aren't so many options. But for women, like it's everything. There, there's so many things that you could get if, if you don't need to budget at all. But, but also, you know, yeah, I, I know my argument is not completely right. So just feel free to offer the other side of the argument. <laughs> From the look of it, I have to agree on you know girls have a lot of things to buy, and I was thinking why. One of the reasons that I can think of is that a lot of girls would like to share what they buy, and、um, like they like to post pictures. For example, some of my colleagues they would say that okay, recently I I am having a bad mood, so I'm going to have a manicure. And then they have to show you, or just they need to post some pictures on the internet. And then, even saying that if they are not showing this, it feels like they are not doing it. So, in this way, people are seeing more kind of information that girls are buying things constantly in a you know regular basis, so that we are having that kind of illusion that, wow, girls maybe have more things to buy. But actually, if we compare to a lot of things that. Boys buy,、um, of course. If you want to set up a new PC, there are so many things that you need to buy. Yeah,、I、but think- there's still、mm-hmm. a limit to the <laughs> the PCs you can get, or the little gadgets, or bits and bolts and little pieces. And also, what you just mentioned, Yushun, is more like enjoying a service. And in recent years, there is this almost like predominant trend, or at least it's like. A, Mantra that a lot of women we tend to encourage each other and share. That is, you pamper yourself, girl. You worked so hard. You deserve this. Yeah. So life's bananas. Let's spend or shop or get a service. Josh, what's the counter argument? <laughs> What do you say? Well, I do. I have to disagree that there's more stuff for females than there are for men because I mean. Yes, there are only a certain number of computer parts, but、um, there's a variety of different types and manufacturers that make these different computer parts. And I, there's probably just as many computer parts for sale as there are, I don't know, shoes or something like this.、Uh, I'm trying to think of an equivalent here. <laughs> but I, a, I think that there, sorry, there is some. Sorry, Josh. There's a lot of weight to this argument, though. Yeah, sorry. No,、Bill. no, no, no. It's just I really want to just offer a little, a little note here. Josh, you're very persuasive here, because when I think about it, shoes. You know, what variation can you have with shoes? But with female shoes, I can name you like thirty different kinds of shoes, and they're just for these two dainty、yeah. little feet. You know, this is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. but we can、yeah. like the amount of shoes I have. Yeah, I think it can sustain me for my whole lifetime, but I keep buying if I get the chance. Okay, so Josh, sorry to interject. Please keep going. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sure, but but I do think that there are a lot of societal norms and cultural factors that do influence spending behaviors.、Um, and I mean, traditionally, gender roles in the household, when in more traditional gender roles. Women were often put in charge of the household and family-related purchases. 
Um, so I think that maybe this might have something to do with it, at least traditionally. And then, of course, women absolutely face much greater pressures to conform to certain beauty standards and things like this. So if we're talking about clothing, makeup, beauty products, I mean, you, you've probably seen me in a T-shirt like this many times. And I'll tell you that this is probably one of five right you can't tell but no. it's like the same brand and it's one of five and yeah. i mean that's great for me but I, I guess that that's because to some degree i don't have to comply or there's not as much pressure on me to comply to certain beauty standards as a man so that's definitely going to influence spending habits isn't it yeah and also with women in recent decades in china for example and also in a, a few other countries actually with higher uh, numbers of females attending college graduating getting jobs and becoming financially independent then of course there's this like new territory of the economy that's catering towards how can you get the lady to to spend, you know, and now in the consumption realm is highly diversified. And the shrewd business operators, they're zeroing in on every single the slightest slice of the consumer base. And they're pretty much profiling, even within the female consumer, those of every age group, uh, married, unmarried, with kids, without, and the more specific you are about your target consumer group and churning out products that's geared towards their taste and want. And yeah, now it's about wants, not always about needs anymore, right? So then, you know, that's how you do business. So yeah, that's also, you know, maybe one part of the consumption story that previously, well, when you didn't have so many women spending money also for themselves, then there didn't used to be this talk and there didn't used to be this consumption, but now you have it. Well, and guys, many Chinese people describe ourselves as diligent and thrifty. For some, it reflects a cherished value, embracing frugality as a wise life ethos. Now, those of a younger generation may have adopted a certain different money philosophy. Why stash your money away when you can spend and take note that you make a contribution to the economy. <laughs> um, what do you say to maybe this observation? And also you've got, you know, younger people also talking about how can I save up as much as I can as well. So it's really hard to generalize, but I'm curious to hear what are the thoughts of you guys. You shouldn't take it away. Yeah, um, I think, first of all, and when we're talking a spender, they are more likely carefree with their cash. And um they have more of a state of mind of enjoying at the moment, you know. Unlike savers, they don't plan ahead, but live for the moment. And as a result, they're likely to act on impulse or buying things they don't necessarily need. And in that case, I don't think that's going to be a very sustainable choice, you know. But this is one of the most basic signs your personality aligns as a spender versus a saver and um, spenders will buy items they don't necessarily need and make purchase they later maybe forget about. Well, I think that there's a lot of crossover here. I think that a lot of the benefits, the pros and cons of saving or spending um, 
are the same in both cultures in China and in my own country and in Europe and in the US and stuff like this. I, I, I think that, of course, it can equal financial security and all the things we've, we've mentioned. And it is important that um, people understand the importance of investment and saving. But also, I, I think that maybe in the West, there's a slight difference here. Um, I'm not sure you guys can tell me, but um, there's also a lot of encouragement with things like missing opportunities to invest. We have so much media these days about not letting your assets and your money just stay, go stagnant and um, that your money needs to be always growing, right? And uh, these days, I think that there's a big push that rather than saving, it's important to actually invest um, to get a higher return because of things like inflation. Um, and of course, the purchasing power of your saved funds is going to decrease over time, right? So just holding on to cash in this regard is is not seen as a good thing. And I think that because houses in my own country are so expensive these days, there's a massive, uh, there's a lot of rhetoric about this these days. I don't know if this is the same in China, to be honest. Um, I haven't noticed as much of, of this kind of rhetoric, but maybe I've missed it. Do you mean the housing price? No, I mean that is is there a lot of information and a lot of media mm. encouraging younger generations rather than to just save money to make their money work to learn about investment to learn about stocks to learn about interest rates mm. etc well there is definitely that rhetoric on social media and usually you know those who are behind those accounts they're usually working for some investment fund or or, you know, nobody's out there dragging you along to say, please make some money, right? There's always going to be a reason why they're saying this. And usually, you know, it's some manager of some fund and trying to get people to invest in certain areas or, or something like that. But overall, I, th I think there is the interest in investment. But... Where do you get the necessary knowledge in a safe manner? And also, one could argue that in China, there are limited investment vehicles available. And um, so how do you do it if your investment, and there's a big chance that, you know, it just goes down the drain. It doesn't always bring a healthy return. And are you able to stomach that? And I think that's the first thing anybody who wants to invest will need to clear their heads and put their feet down and think, am I able to afford this or the loss or not? But certainly, I think having more information and learning about investment I think is really important for the financial help of anybody and also maybe having an emergency fund is is important I think for most Chinese people or at least for the older generation um, it's common to hear that you need an emergency fund you need to put away money that can at least keep you going for a year and also if you have kids to raise then I'd be saving up for their college fund as early as possible, I would think. And also, if you live in China, then sorry to bring this up, but like future medical bills, retirement, 
uh, all these things you will probably need to think about. And then it just makes a lot of sense to save up. I've convinced myself. <laughs> and also investment that hopefully can bring um, a good yield, that that would be good. Otherwise, yeah, I think one needs to sort of look at this in a perspective that suits your situation. Yeah, uh, Yushun, what do you think? Um, what we are talking about is more like uh, having savings, but I think that may be a little bit different from being a saver because uh, when we're talking about spender or saver, uh, the spender may to one extreme, which is, you know, they live paycheck by paycheck. But savers is more like they so good at budgeting and finding ways to make their money last as long as possible. And sometimes people say they are kind of, uh, you know, looking ahead. But um, I would say, you know, from the perspective of being a slightly saver, I think I'm not even actually planning on how to use my money, but I just enjoy the feeling of saving money and of course some spenders think you know they can get happiness through buying or go shopping but savers think on the contrary they can get that kind of excitement seeing their cash piling up in their bank account and just by seeing it it can make them feel happy and um, a very important aspect of being a saver i think is they they may feel anxious about spending money you know not that they are afraid of spending money, but seeing the number getting down and unless they they have to make up their mind on buying something before, you know, they actually decided. So would they sort of, you know, keep a, a certain, let's say, red line or a threshold? It's like if the fund in my account gets lower than a certain amount, then it's like alarm bells ringing. No yeah. way. But as long as it's, you know, above that, then you're okay? I think I, I think so. I, and I think most of people will have that kind of state of mind. And uh, if they reach their kind of a bottom line, they will actually do something to, to another extreme of saving up money. Well, that bottom line can change, though, can't it? That's the problem. I know that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it plateaus at some point in your life. I'm not sure. But... I know for me, it's constantly changing and I'm constantly getting more anxious because I'm sort of teetering on the edge of that bottom line. And as I get older, I'm thinking about things that I need to do. I, it makes me nervous mm. even thinking about it, but in a house, oh, I, it almost seems wrong to say that it's so scary or like it's things like that. And so my bottom line keeps going up. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm similar to you, Huyang, in this way. So we're not really savers, I don't think. We're just sort of, <laughs> well, sort of, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is. But, Somewhere in the middle. Yeah, but as long as you're not spending more than you can earn, I think it's okay. It's just, you know, your lifestyle. I agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a good rule of thumb, isn't it? To make sure that you're bringing in more than you're spending, I, I guess, um, which you should be doing, right? Mm -hmm. um, but... Yeah. Yeah. And this is the, uh, is this the philosophy of a bit more of the younger generation than the older? That is, um, you know, you hear the stories of those who spent beyond their budget 
every month. And um, also, you hear these stories from the U.S. saying that people are on credit card debt and things like that. But here in China, I suspect that for a younger person to be able to do that, most of the time, there's the possibility that parents are like. The bank of mom and pop, and、uh, also considering we've got plenty of the only child of the family, those born in the 1980s and 1990s, and sometimes you might even have the luxury of grandparents、um, helping out as such, and therefore for one to feel that I can spend up everything, I can overspend. Then I suspect that there's always a safety net there. Otherwise,、mm-hmm. it's like if I'm gonna lose this shirt. On my back, just spending. I'd be like out in the streets. Then how? How? Why would somebody spend that much money unless if you know it's like a truly dire strait of some sort? So yeah, I think maybe that to have a different financial philosophy like that, there are, it reflects some of these societal and structural changes in the population. As well, because also if you compare with your like grandparents' generation, who went through the time of war and instability and true scarcity, like people really try to save up as much as they can, money-wise, resources-wise, or those cans of ham or whatever it is. Yeah, my grandma who lived in Dongbei, she did that, and、um, so yeah, I think our money philosophy might be a reflection of the time. Time we live in as well, and also Josh, you're from the UK, and、um, we've seen news stories about rampant inflation. And I suppose for a young person who grows up in, you know, that period of time, you probably think of money a bit differently as opposed to, you know, the days of super low inflation and、um, interest rates. So some thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that there is a big change there, and. As I mentioned before, this is why I asked if it was the same in China. I wasn't sure because there is a lot of rhetoric,、um, a lot of pressure. I would say even on younger generations these days in my own country, in the United Kingdom, to learn about investment, to understand inflation, to think about financial security, future goals,、um, and it's pretty intense to be honest.、Uh, it's a lot of knowledge to try to familiarize yourself with, and I mean. Maybe, and I think the reason for it isn't good, but I think the knowledge is important. I personally think that this kind of knowledge should be taught in schools.、Mm. I don't know why.、Um, it really confuses me to this day why so many people leave school without any decent financial literacy and knowledge.、Um, I mean, I have my theories as to why. Maybe, but I think that if you do have a good understanding of Financial concepts like budgeting and investing, risk management, and all these kind of things—you're definitely going to have a much better chance of, well, sadly at this point, surviving. To be honest. Yes, and also I think the part that Heyang mentioned—I think our family also affect us a lot. The attitude of our parents, for example, towards money, our financial situation can be a big factor in forming the mindset of us. Towards money, it's hard to you know change no matter what situation you are in right now because you know it's kind of a deep insight when you were a child, and、um, in that case, our the relationship with money can be quite different when no matter how, how we grow up and no matter how old we are. And、um, 
another thing is that we meant we mentioned that a lot of advertisement online about investment may make people think about okay, it is the time to spend. And I would say, aside from that, social media is also offering a platform for people to share and sometimes show off. And、um, of course, we need to have that kind of ability to actually. Identify what kind of information is is beneficial to us, but we also it's quite easy to fall for that. And、um, seeing that kind of you know fancy and luxury world, I think it is hard to resist and、mm-hmm. um, think about why can't I have that? Yeah, Yushun, I think you're getting to really the bottom、mm-hmm. of it. And then when on social media you can see the、uh, lifestyle of the Ultra rich of the you know top one percent, and then you know the kind of impact it has on an average person, it's it could be soul crushing, and that's the thing about social media. Because prior to that, I didn't know anything about it, and I could just live my life happily in ignorance. But now there's no such thing. But okay, so I think it just makes it all more important to sort of be in control of. Our own finances and、mm. also your financial health and your mental health that is sometimes attached to it because I think survival and、um, how we fare in society that can have also a psychological impact on ourselves and how can we find more of a diverse criteria in telling ourselves or allowing ourselves to feel and find happiness. And wellness, and also peace of mind, in this, you know, flurry of things, I think is really relevant and important. So ultimately, it's about finding our own ways to a meaningful life. And I do not agree with consumption can lead you to happiness. That is just erroneous, in Huiyang's opinion. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the booming coffee market in China.